the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky thing, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor-comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Tom Sumner. This is um, the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. A recent study from Consumer Reports' Digital Lab reveals that 96% of Americans agree that more should be done to protect consumer privacy. And with so much of it being online, that means... uh, possibly breaking the internet but uh, we're going to talk about what some of the alternatives to uh, the current model of large companies owning all of your data with the CEO of the at company Barbara Talent who joins me by phone Barbara welcome to the show and uh, thanks for for being here oh thank you for having me Tom Um, Barbara I'm not a real um, tech savvy person i'm i'm pretty old I, I still use a flip phone and if i could find one with a rotary dial i'd be really happy um <laughs> but my impression is that privacy isn't as important to new generations of people yes we actually had that assumption too <laughs> we're older as well the founders of the app company um, but as we explored it further, and I think um, also the docudrama, The Social Dilemma, I don't know if people have seen that on Netflix, but I think that kind of opened people's eyes to the fact of, that the, their data is not only being used, but they're being manipulated by their their own data. So I, I think the younger generation is actually more um, cautious than certainly I thought, um, and certainly uh, 
we've had a bunch of interns at our company, and I, I've noticed that they are thinking about their privacy and uh, ownership of their data. I mean, I just especially since the advent of of social media, and I'm thinking of like Facebook and and now Twitter and Instagram, and I see time and time again criminals literally broadcasting their crimes in Facebook video. And, of course, ultimately they get arrested, but it, it's almost as if they have no no clue about privacy, as if privacy doesn't even exist. We saw the same thing, sadly, on uh, January 6th at the uh, U.S. Capitol with people putting out Facebook videos of what really was a riot. Yes, yes, um, we sure did. Yeah, there are definitely people broadcasting on Facebook. And, and I'm not talking, and, and, and I shouldn't make it all about, you know, criminals that are, you know, broadcasting their crimes. Um, very often, um, you know, young people are, are posting various hijinks, uh, you know, parties at the bar, not so much during COVID, but, you know, crowds of people drinking heavily and so on. And then it's it's damaging to their reputations at work. Exactly. And it's, and it's up there forever and you can't get it down. I, I think. Yeah, that's I the thing. What, what gets to... posted to YouTube stays on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and companies do do research on people's Facebook pages. So um, I, I do think we're seeing a turn, though. I think people are starting to understand that that's really not a good idea. But unfortunately, these huge platforms do own your data. Now, there are there's some legislation um, in different states, California is one of them, that's allowing people to reclaim their data. So I can actually go, I'm in California, so I can actually go to Facebook and say, I want all my data back and you have to delete it. So legislation is starting to happen. Is, is technology, if technology is the problem, is technology also the solution? Um, and when you talk about deleting data, I just... Um, I, I have these memories of old DOS systems where I would lose files and I would be able to recreate them through mirror images and, and other techniques. Um, how, do we, how do we know that if we ask to be deleted that we're in fact being deleted by just checking to see if it's still there? Yeah, unfortunately, we really don't. We have to trust these big companies that they're not only deleting us, but as you say, everybody keeps backups of everything, right? So are we being deleted from all of their backups everywhere? Who knows? Um, yeah. And so that's what why we started our company. What we believe is that everybody should own their data and only publish it and take it down, publish it. They should always own their data. And no big company should keep these huge systems of everybody else's data. 
I, I don't know if it's because I'm a, a dinosaur or just because I, uh, you know, value privacy, but I rarely put things out there that I don't want out there. I, you know, I use social media, for example, to promote my radio show. I want lots of people to see that, and I want it to stay out there. But, you know, I don't, uh, you know, take pictures of me in compromising uh, situations <laughs> and post them up there. Look look what we did last night. You know, we brought the roof down. Um you know, I don't put those kinds of posts up, but a lot of people do, and and I'm just wondering, is there even a demand to um, be able to delete your data from the Internet? Oh, there definitely is. Um, there are a lot of people who have been tagged in photos who didn't want to be, who have been you know, been bullied by what they've put up. So I think that, yeah, yes, a lot of people do some stupid things, but I do think there's a growing awareness of the fact that you don't want to share everything and what you do share can be used against you. And and who should, um, how do you ensure that that you have the control over that? And and I'm thinking just recently of uh, Facebook and and Twitter uh, banning former President Donald Trump from those platforms. Um, you know, should it be their call? Yeah, should it be their call? That's a really good question. Now. They said they banned him because he violated their terms of service. So um, if indeed he's in violation of their terms of service, then, then I guess it is their call. But, but they have become such a huge platform. They are the way that people get news. They are the way that people get their information. So by selectively banning people, they are changing what we hear. It, it, but I, I, I guess I'm a little bit concerned about the politics of picking and choosing. Um, yeah. You know, why can we see um, millions of, of downloads of George Floyd being killed and the president of the United States isn't allowed to promote whatever conspiracy theory he's touting at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't think that large tech platforms should decide what we see. I think we as individuals should decide what we see. I think it's, it's adding to the divide in this country. Um, what do we do about the people who don't want to be private and yet are promoting um, violence or, or um, misinformation and, and that sort of thing? It's, it's one thing for me to want to keep 
my privacy, but what about the people who don't want to keep their privacy but should? Um, I believe that you should be able to not listen to them. (laughs) If you don't want to listen to that person, you should be able to shut them off. Geez, and I thought I was the only person who thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) No, we firmly believe that if everybody asks for permission to communicate with somebody else, that the whole Internet would be a much politer place. Um, and and technology is evolving. We should we should be seeing some significant changes, some happening already, but but many that are going to be coming into the norm over this uh, over this next year. Yes, yes. I think um, there's a lot of software developers out there who really want to do the right thing. Uh, the, the technology really wasn't available to make it easy for software developers to create privacy-respecting apps, but that's all changing now. And so I, we're seeing a lot of actually young software developers who are excited about creating apps where people can interact in a really positive way. Is is encrypting an important part of that? And I'm I'm asking for myself and others who just just wrestle even with secure passwords. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, and all the encryption. Yes, yes, that's super important. In fact, all communication between two people should be encrypted end-to-end. That's, uh, that's what makes it safe. But uh, th- that technology was always hard in the past, and I think this year you'll see that being much easier and we are really hoping passwords just go away because passwords are just a mess and they're not very secure. And across all sorts of, um, not platforms, but but ways that we use the Internet from phones and, and messaging to file sharing and, and uh, social media and, and uh, so on. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot of changes. I want to talk about some of those changes, but I have a break coming up here in about a minute. Um, Barbara, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk about this some more? Absolutely. Great. My guest is uh, Barbara Talent. She is the CEO of the At Company. Company. And what is the name of that little at symbol that we use in all our email addresses? That is the at symbol. <laughs> It, that's all. That there's no special name like the ampersand. No, nope. It's just the out symbol. I thought, you know, it, maybe it would have been better if it was the hashtag company, because <laughs> 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 at least there'd be a name for the symbol that couldn't be confused with anything that's else. True. Anyway, we do have to take a short break, and we'll be back to talk with uh, Barbara some more about Internet privacy and the future of Internet privacy when we return. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. And we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, We have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll we'll remain not privatized uh, when we return. Stay tuned. Hello? 
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Tom Sumner Program.com The 
TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're talking with uh, Barbara Talent. She is the CEO of the At Company about uh, uh, new technologies that are evolving to protect people's privacy on the Internet. There's a couple of things that you never thought you'd hear in the same sentence, privacy and Internet. Um, Barbara, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and uh, sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um we were talking about the, you mentioned um, almost parenthetically in the last segment that the technology didn't exist to protect people's privacy. The Internet's been around for quite a while, and, and in many ways the lack of privacy has done a lot of damage. What is the, what are some of the new technologies that are making it possible to protect people's uh, data? when it's on a, on a public platform like the Internet, for lack of a better way to yeah. put it. So the technology actually existed, and people who are super privacy conscious have been using keys and, and encryption for a long time, but it was always hard. Oh, I know and, people who get a, a new laptop, and right away they get black electrical tape and put it over the camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, you can protect yourself, but it's it's never been re- particularly easy to do. And so people just didn't really think about it that much. So soon we'll see this technology kind of integrated into apps. And so you'll know that your data is being encrypted, even though you're sending files back and forth just as easily as you did in the past but it'll all be encrypted and safe um, in the future. We'll we'll see those apps coming out this year. So in the ways that you can, like for example, and and again, I'm, you know, a little bit of a Luddite when it comes to um, some of the new technologies, but um, in the ways that, for example, we can save the the, um, username and password so that we don't have to enter it every time to open, we would be able to save encryptions that would automatically be applied. Yeah, so um, the, the platform that we're building, we have, we're building a platform and uh, developers are building applications on top of the platform. And the way it works is you would just sign in with your, you'd have your own app name, <laughs> your name with your app sign in front of it, and once you've signed into the platform, that's it. And you can go seamlessly between applications. And if you're sharing files with anybody else on the platform, those are all end-to-end encrypted. They're only going back and forth between the two of you. There's no server in the sky that's but do your um, contacts, holding the file. But do your contacts also have to be on that platform? They do in order to ensure that end-to-end encryption. But it's just a matter of them getting a free at sign and signing up. It's not a, there's no real effort involved. Because I'm still having trouble getting onto Zoom. 
Yeah. Zoom, <laughs> <laughs> Zoom does have its downsides. <laughs> um, it, well, and, and, you know, until recently, I just used um, the, the Skype application that was available through Facebook, and I've FaceTimed with my grandkids and done all that kind of stuff, for, you know, for quite a while now. And and then all of a sudden everybody was on Zoom and I was like, wait a minute, how do I how do I do this? I've been invited to chats on Zoom, and I'm not that keen on video chats because I do radio and I like audio better. But um, but still, um, you know, I always worry about how complicated something is. Yes, so do we. <laughs> we really want to make things much simpler than they already are. And um, that's the whole reason to do away with passwords. They're not only are they complicated, but they're not very secure. So, now, I, um, I read a phrase that um, that confused me a little bit. Maybe you can straighten it out for me. What is a de-googled phone? Yeah, <laughs> so this is super interesting. <laughs> there are a couple companies that are working on um, these de-googled phones. So this is taking the um, Android operating system and putting it on a phone that doesn't talk to Google. So right now, if you've got an Android phone or if you have an Apple phone, all your data is going back to either Google or Apple. So they have, they know where you are at any point in time. They um, can track you completely through the phone. So these companies are building phones where nobody can track you. Interesting. I, di I didn't even realize my phone was Googled. Of course, I, I'm using a flip phone, and I'm not sure. If you're using a flip phone, you're probably not. You're probably fine under the radar for sure <laughs> because you don't have GPS, I would guess, on that phone. I don't. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's funny, I, I have friends and every time they get a new phone, I watch them and they're swiping and swiping and cussing and cursing. And I think, ah, I'll keep the flip phone a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. It's, it, there's always a learning curve with a new phone, <laughs> especially if you just want to dial a number. Well, yeah, because I'm, you know, again, I'm kind of a dinosaur. I, I use the phone to call people. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on texting and, and all of that. And, and I appreciate the value of it. I get texts at all hours of the day and night. Um, I can't respond very well to them. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to get up in the morning, look at my phone, and see I've got a message from, you know, someone that may or may not be important. And, um, you know, they didn't have to interrupt me in the middle of the night with a phone call, but they were still able to to deliver the message. Yeah, that is definitely a convenience. Um, what about um, the idea of, of your social media? Is it social media if you limit it to between two people, or how does that, how does that work? to make your data private and public at the same time? Yeah, that's a super good question. And I think what we're going to see is, um, you know, 
you always see expansion and contraction over time, right? So everybody was publishing everything over the last five years, publishing everything on Facebook. And I think what we'll see is a contraction. Once you've got um, groups where you know everybody in the group and you trust everybody in the group, suddenly you'll want to interact more with the people in that group. And you'll feel safe to publish things to a group that you wouldn't want to publish to everybody else. So I think we'll see groups um, come out really strong this year. You know, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that um, in that it's there's so much division already in this country, and a lot of it has evolved. I, I have this theory that it's all sort of an unintended consequence of niche marketing but we ended up with this where people are um, not intermingling with people who don't already think and act the same way they do yes do you know I, I, do you know I what I mean by that um, I do and and it it seems like this is moving more in that direction by creating more and smaller groups? Well, I, I don't completely agree with that. I think what has happened is... Oh, um, Barbara, enlighten me. <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I love it when people don't exactly agree with me because that's, you know, how else you're going to learn stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I have an opinion on this too, and I do think the I think it's the media who has divided and decided to rile people up against each other, and I think they do that for a number of reasons. They do that to keep people in their corner, watching their channel, and um, saying, you know, you're you're a part of us. And it's um, it's done for commercial purposes. It's done to keep people's eyes on their channel so they can get more advertisements. I think if people are in voluntary groups, civilized groups, where people can comfortably voice different opinions, I, I think you'll see more cross-pollination that way. You know, I, I, I'm a big dog person. I, my hobby is my dog. So. <laughs> now, now, so when I you have... say you're a big dog person, does that mean that you're a person who really likes dogs, or do you like big dogs? <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like all kinds of dogs, but I happen to have large dogs. But uh, my group of dog friends is super diverse. Um, politically, racially, every yeah, in every way. So those are the people that I enjoy interacting with on the weekends. And so I think when you're in groups voluntarily, that it's very, very different than these commercial platforms who are, it's in their best interest to divide you. What do you think? 
Um, I, that's interesting because I I hadn't really thought of that particular uh, that particular example is is a very good one. Other ones um, could include uh, uh, music and entertainment. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. It, and and I hadn't really thought about uh, about that cross pollination within those groups, and and that that is interesting and 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 somewhat hopeful. Um, because it just seems that uh, you know all these these divisions, um, whether they're media inspired or inspired by uh, various types of leaders, um, it, yeah. it, it it seems like it cements on social media. It does, um, and I don't know. If you saw the social dilemma, the Netflix docudrama, I, I haven't, but I'm I'm highly motivated now. Yeah. So what it did, and it's it was shocking to me, who knows all about privacy and and how these platforms work. What was shocking to me is just how much they these platforms use your your data to manipulate you to stay online. I mean. Obviously, they they want you to stay online because they can throw more ads at you the longer you're on the platform. But one way of doing that is showing you things that get you angry or riled up or make you want to dig deeper into something. So so the algorithms are designed to trigger you, <laughs> right? Which is crazy. Yeah. So so that's absolutely part of the problem. And when some of these out, outlets start pushing back against new new trends and, and new technologies, um, are we going to see a lot of these cases end up in court and, and uh, specifically the Supreme Court? And how will the Supreme Court act, do you think? Oh, that's up. Really good question. Um, I mean, do you think they'll come down on the on the uh, on the side of privacy, or um, you know, will they will they bow to to free market? I, I you know I I want to believe that privacy and free market can coexist. Um, I, I I think that's not true today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's where we're going, and so I think I, I, I think is I, I guess what I'm asking, and and maybe this is a little out of your wheelhouse, Barbara, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you know, is is privacy uh, constitutionally protected? Yeah, is it? Uh, I believe it should be. I don't know that it. I think there yeah, are places in the Constitution that certainly give a nod in that direction, but I don't know that it's specifically protected the way free speech is, for example. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, you know, the Founding Fathers could have no idea about <laughs> the Internet and how people would be putting all their data in the hands of others. I mean, how, how could anybody have that foresight? So, uh, yeah, I don't know that it would be specifically protected under the Constitution. What are um, the most exciting 
new trends from from 2020 and and what will we see coming in in 2021 that excites you well i i was actually super excited to see that when facebook changed their terms of service on whatsapp that people just dropped whatsapp and went over to signal Um, that's a really good sign that people are conscious of what is happening to their privacy and that they're going to value apps that respect their privacy. So um, I think that's that's a really exciting trend. And so these developers that we're working with that are building these very privacy-respecting apps are going to be should be very pleased with the response that they get from people with the these new apps that really take care of people's data. But I do think the growth of groups is what's going to be really interesting over the next year. I, I think groups that people form themselves rather than are formed for commercial purposes are are much more fun. What happens with um, law enforcement, which is just beginning to catch up and realize that um, social media like Facebook have have been their friends. I I mean, never before has there been a time when people would go out and commit illegal acts and and then just put it online for police to see and discover and track them down. I mean, it's practically (laughs) like walking into uh, into the precinct and opening the cell and closing yourself in. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I'm just blown away by that, as you are. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I've I've always prided myself that America has really dumb criminals, but um, <laughs> but 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 seriously, law enforcement for a long time was really kind of numb to the trends that were happening online, and now they've gotten pretty good at at using it as as a tool as a law enforcement tool if all of a sudden it goes if it goes private um how are these new tech companies going to um be able to work with or or will they work against law enforcement with regard to uncovering uh, illegal activities that are being communicated and, and planned and and transmitted and so on privately on the internet. Yeah, well, when you have privacy, everybody can be private. So criminals can be private as well as law-abiding citizens. But um, but there are also still going to be public forums, and there are still going to be people posting their crimes on those public forums. Yeah, true. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know recently, just, just here in, the, uh, uh, in, in this part of Michigan, there were some guys with a bunch of illegal guns, and they were posing for pictures and putting it out on Facebook. And, oh you know, gosh. it didn't take the cops very long, you know, to track them down and bust them and seize all the guns. And and it just, um, you know, in in some ways that's you know kind of a good thing. But you know, if if criminal types figure out that there's a way to hide from the police, they're going to try and hide from the police. And I just wonder how how these emerging um, 
tech applications are going to deal with that because there have been some fights between uh, um, law enforcement and um, companies over, for example, uh, cell phone records. Yes, that's right. And and Apple was a good example of that. They would they told the FBI that they could not crack, they couldn't get into the phones. So, um, yeah, and and frankly, smart criminals are using technology today already. As, as I said, the encryption's been around for a long time, and if you want to go through the pain of using it, you can, um, and you can protect yourself. So. Uh, yeah, there are ways for smart criminals to do that today, and well, we've certainly to seen that. other ways to find them. We've cer- yeah. certainly seen that evolving with regard to terrorism globally. Yeah, using the internet to recruit, but also for you know planning and coordination, and and they've been encrypting for a while now. That's right. Well, this is this is fascinating stuff, and um, I can't believe how fast the time is going, Barbara. Um, we we've just about got to wrap it up, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, are are there some some resources, um, places that people can go to, you know, explore what's new? Yeah, actually, we are. Um, we have a website which is at sign a t s i g n dot com, and um, we have a newsletter that comes out monthly that kind of highlights some of these new technologies that are coming down the line, and um, talks about how people can um, take back their privacy. So that's, well, a, that's a place to start. Well, I'm feeling more optimistic because there for a while it just seemed like uh, technology was completely taken over and at our expense. Yeah, uh, yes. And and we definitely at the App Company, we are Internet optimists. We believe that that technology can make the Internet a better place and that people will be much nicer when they have to ask permission to interact with you. Yeah, I I like the idea of that. Um, Barbara, it has been a real pleasure. My guest is uh, Barbara Talent. She is uh, the CEO of the AT Company. And AT is that that little symbol that we use to signify uh, websites um, that has no name. It's called the AT sign. Um, but uh, she is CEO of the ad company, a data privacy company that recently launched a new internet protocol. And uh, Barbara, I wish you uh, all the luck with the ad company and uh, your efforts to help people uh, protect their privacy. Thank you, Tom. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Once again, that was uh, Barbara Talent. Anyway, we're going to take a short break and uh, come back with the final segment of today's uh, edition of the Tom Sumner Program. If you're streaming us at uh, 
TomSumnerProgram.com. We have some messages, but we're going to let our broadcast partners, WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner Program right after this. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. 
Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. what was making the factory go. It was IBM, it was Univac, it was all those gears going clickety-clack. Dear, I thought automation was keen till you were replaced by a 10-ton machine. It was that computer that tore us apart, dear. Automation broke my heart. There's an RCA 503 standing next to me, dear, where you used to be. Doesn't have your smile, doesn't have your shape, just a bunch of punch cards and light bulbs and tape, dear. You're a girl who's soft, warm, and sweet, but you're only human, and that's obsolete. Though I'm very fond of not for me. It was automation, I'm told. That's why I got fired and I'm out in the cold. How could I have known when the 503 started into blink? It was winking at me. 
dear. I thought it was just some mishap when it sidled over and sat on my lap. But when it said I love you and gave me a hug, dear, that's when I pulled out its plug. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
and that's a fact. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed uh, some of these interesting conversations like the one this last hour with Barbara Talent, CEO of the At Company, a data privacy company that recently launched a new internet protocol uh, talking about alternatives to the current model of large companies owning all your data. That was uh, Nice of her to spend time with us this morning. And before that, um, always uh, fun to talk to these uh, incredible writers, these uh, New York Times bestsellers. Today, uh, talking with John Hart about his uh, uh, new book out today called um, The Unwilling. And uh, we started out today, this morning, uh, talking about uh, charitable donations and how they were surprisingly up during 2020 and are anticipated to go up even more during 2021. Thanks again uh, to um, my guest, uh, David Semerad from Kindest, a uh, fundraising platform. Fairly, fairly new one. Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday, which means it's time for Armchair Politics. We'll start out the show tomorrow with economist Chris Douglas from the University of Michigan Flint, and I suspect GameStop will come up, and then we'll uh, turn the conversation over for the second and third hour of the show, as we always do on Wednesdays, to our weekly roundtable Armchair Politics. Bobby Clayton Walton, uh, political operative and a 2020 elector in the presidential election part of the Electoral College, will be uh, joining our roundtable regulars, Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left, and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right for our uh, commentary and analysis on local, state, and national news and current events, politics, uh, etc., plus uh, some quotes of the week and the coveted X-Files, all uh, in store for tomorrow's show. So that's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the uh, living room. But I will be back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.